Welcome to We Need to Talk, conversations on wellness to inspire, relate and enlighten. Now, here's your host, Coast FM's Feel Good Breakfast host, Tony Street. Hello, welcome to We Need to Talk and to our series on menopause. Today we're specifically talking about menopause and divorce. Now, I know you might not have thought there was a connection there, but I have Bridget Jackson with me, who's a lawyer, a divorce and relationship coach and a mediator. She has the business Equal X's, and you're here to tell us that there is a connection, Bridget. There's a huge connection. How yeah. so? Absolutely. Well, it's very interesting um, in terms of my business, I probably see 65% and 35% women, and actually a real stat is 60% of women actually initiate separations. And that's quite often based on um, because they've had issues in their relationship that has been caused by menopause. Wow. So, and I would think that only 20% of women actually realise that menopause or perimenopause has been the demise, has caused the demise of their relationship. And of the women that realise that menopause has played a part, um, how often is it do you think that men are across the fact that menopause is playing a part in mm. their relationship demise too? Unfortunately, it's not a lot. Men tend to think that um, the, device, the demise of their relationship has been, it's all around sex, not having enough sex. And as we know, when women go through um, menopause and meri- uh, uh, perimenopause and menopause, emotionally and physically, it's massive in so many ways. And one of the main issues is that women don't communicate to men what's going on for them. They withdraw, they become isolated. You've actually got to say to my, you've got to say to your partner, "Hey, this is what's going on for me. I'm feeling like I'm losing my identity. I'm losing my purpose. This is all the stuff that's going on for me." I need you to support me through this life transition and this is how you can do it. I was shocked at some of the stats I saw. Seven out of ten women in the UK actually blamed menopause for their marriage breakdown. Yep. And and this syndrome, walk away wife syndrome, yes. um, it's where the feeling of love for others and the urge to take care of others, which is often an inherently female trait, mm. it disappears and that's based on our hormones. Less estrogen. So you, the oxytocin, the happy, the happy hormone that makes you want to look after others and love others um, is not there anymore. The mummy brain goes. And so really what, what, what happens with women, their mindset changes from a we mindset to me. So yes, correlation with the woman walk away syndrome or neglected woman syndrome. Absolutely, they get sick of doing everything for their husband. The husband think their life is absolutely perfect, but their needs and their wants aren't being met. And they're feeling like they're neglected. And what about the men in these situations? And I know you've dealt with a lot of marriages that have mm. been in trouble. Mm. Um, did they feel neglected that that care the caring that perhaps was once there isn't temporarily? Uh, yes, I think the issue is that women really feel terrible about the way they look, the way they feel. You know, there's they may have issues themselves in terms of their own health. They might be having to look after elderly parents. Um, they may have to, um, there may be financial issues. There may be, um, you know, potentially uh, falling out of love. All these sort of issues that make women feel like, oh, I'm not feeling myself anymore. You know, what's going on for me? And fundamentally, um, interesting in terms of the stats um, from the UK, only 
a third are actually seeking support in terms of that. And of that third that actually seeks support, 70% have found that actually that help in terms of whether that's HRT or other some other medication that can help has actually fixed the issues or helped the issues in their relationship. What I find interesting <clears throat> about what you've just said is that women are actually deciding to leave their marriages. So what mm. what we're saying is menopause is affecting them, mm. but it's not the, the partner saying, right, out you go, I can't deal with you, you're too moody or whatever. You're saying mm. the women are making that decision Abruptly. themselves. Abruptly, without even going to a counsellor or perhaps even discussing it, how they're feeling. Uh, and is that part- based on their hormones? Is it, is, is it a rational behaviour? 100%, absolutely. Do you know that the stat is that Women generally leave in a relationship um, two years before in terms of emotionally, before they leave physically. And people don't do anything about their relationships issues for at least six years, which by then it's all over Red Rover. So what do you what have you seen in your mediation work? Um, is it possible from what you have seen for a couple to acknowledge that menopause is a big problem and to actually work through that somehow. Mm, Not very often, unfortunately. I think I align this really too with economic disparity. So economic disparity is a payment that generally goes to the main caregiver, which is generally a woman, in terms of sacrificing their career to look after the kids. And a lot of men do not see it aligned in terms of what they're doing in their business or, you know, in their work. So, uh, which comes back to the walk away woman, neglected woman syndrome in terms of I'm not feeling like my needs are met because I'm running after you doing everything. And where's the support and attention that I need to be getting, you know, in terms of this relationship? How, and, uh, however, we are developing a workbook specifically for um, women obviously going through divorce and menopause, which I think that's when I launch that um, early next year, which is going to be really useful because the women that I've talked to who haven't realised that you're going through um, menopause, which actually correlates with their separation, it's like a light bulb moment. Oh my God, I didn't even realise. I thought it was just, I thought it was you, me, but I, I was becoming this person that I didn't want to be and I don't know why. I've got a specific case actually right here someone I um, I know well who's been through divorce and separation. And I'll just, let's call her Helen. Yep. And <clears throat> let's just talk about what it has been for, like for her. Um, so she became perimenopause at sort of 47, 48, which on average women start perimenopause at about 51. And it started with irregular periods and heavy periods that lasted for seven days, which were usually around three days. And felt that sort of heavy dragging that came with each period. And she was carrying extra weight before she got pregnant and, and her weight further increased. She, she became pregnant quite late in life. Um, her metabolism changed. Um, and months before, at months, it became sort of every two weeks that, it would come, what it, that her period would come and she became a dragon lady and yelled at her husband. <sighs> she would yell, feel angry and with no control. And then post two weeks, she would apologise. So it became sort of a cycle. She went to the doctor, who was great, and did a blood test to see if it was menopause. She was told she was in perimenopause. Her husband started sleeping in the spare bed. She would wake at night soaked in sweat, then cold from the sweating. She noted mood, noticed mood swings, and it was insane. She felt patient with her child, but not with her husband. She noticed that things she'd been tolerant of in the past, she no longer could tolerate. She became a lioness. 
She wouldn't tolerate what she used to love regarding behaviours and was prepared to commit to having another child in the house, man-child, but she felt anger and resentment about all of that. She would say, I'm sorry, I have no control. There would be arguments and the time affected all of her relationships, including her friends at times. It felt traumatic, but also a curious time of what is going on and this is, is this really happening to me? She separated from her husband at 49. There was arguing and bickering, and she didn't want that in front of their child. She believes in a marriage that you should be treated with respect and kindness, and she wanted their child to see her loved by a man. When you're not getting what you need in a relationship, it becomes difficult. You know, the other partner gets angry and you do silly things to get attention. She asked her husband to move out so they could both sort things out and consider what they wanted. Her husband approached her a month later to say he wanted to come back. She said it was not long enough to sort themselves out and to think about what they wanted. So that was December and then in April he let her know that he had met somebody else. And moving on, she says, she said that she can't, she can't say she's happy with where she is where she's at. It's going to be a while before she will be. And her husband has been in another relationship for three years and he's really happy. So, you know, one of the biggest things from that is the fact that men have got to realise, and Nikki's alluded to this too, is that it is actually out of woman's control. Mm. You know, it really is. But in that situation, um, you know, she did have her husband trying to make it work again. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like he um, was like, right, that's it. You've you've decided to leave. No more chances. He actually did try to come back a second time. Mm. Um, but she, obviously she wasn't ready. And I guess that's the risk you play when you're separated, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, too, she's coming from a place of fear because she's like, oh, my God, what's happening to me? And yes. she hadn't gone and got support mm. for what she's going through. So, And if the relationship was going to... Um, um, actually, you know, um, you know, they were going to have a relationship again. Then things would need to change. You know, as we know, if things don't change, you get the same result. So, how do we avoid uh, ending up in that situation? There'll be a lot of people, like me, I guess. I'm I've, I'm in a pretty happy marriage now, but yep. I I know that menopause will happen or perimenopause will come. Mm. I suspect I'll be someone that goes through it early, like my mother did. So what can we do? From what you've seen, when do you take the steps and what do you do? Okay. Well, if you think you've got an issue, then you need to go and have a chat with your GP. All right. And then that may be looking at options in terms of support, such as HRT. And, you know, as we know, that it's had, that's had a bad rap in the last 20 years. I mean, my mother died of ovarian cancer in 2009. She was a nurse, my dad a doctor. And, you know, in the earlier years, there has been some controversy around whether or not breast cancer, ovarian cancer has contributed mm. um, with, you know, to women who have been on HRT. My mother, yeah, as I said, died of ovarian cancer. But you need to be fully informed and educated in that regard. So you need to go and get some support. Uh, it's also really important if you're feeling really disconnected with each other that you go and seek some help and whether that's a couples therapist, counsellor, psychologist. And I think for you as a woman, you actually need to be really open and honest and transparent with your partner. So you need to, you need to actually, the fundamental is communicating with your partner because that's why many relationships fail. If you can't communicate, you're not going to have a relationship. You can't stonewall each other and just avoid each other. So 
You can't shut them out. Um, you need to let them know what you need right at the time, you know, in terms of what you're going through. Understand that he will absolutely be con- confused by the changes that's happening to you because it's affecting him. You know, for example, low libido, less sex, or no sex. Um, you need to be receptive in terms of making changes as it relates to your lovemaking activities. That's really important. You've got to pamper yourself. You've got to stay positive. And the old saying, this too shall pass. Track your symptoms and treatment options, as, as we mentioned before. And get a support group. There are so many women who are going through this. You're not alone. You're not in isolation. Um, but absolutely trying to minimise the effects of um, menopause on you. And whether you go to acupuncture, you know, not drinking lots of alcohol, caffeine, eating fatty foods, all of that absolutely helps in terms of, of minimising the effect that it can have on you. In terms of walking in the shoes of your partner, he needs, he needs to listen to you and not criticise you or even try and fix you. Um, he needs to be compassionate and validate the experience that you go through. Uh, he's got to go with the flow and just go with the mood swings. And as I said, you know, it is out of her control. Um, come back to being romantic. It's the small things that matter. Making dinner for her, getting some flowers. How can I help you today? How are you feeling? Texting you, I love you, I really miss you. All of those date nights, those fundamentals. In your experience, Bridget, do men from the mediation you've been doing, mm. are they receptive to this? Do, are most men willing to try and, um, I guess, mitigate the menopause symptoms while they're there? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You know, as I say to clients, don't leave any stone unturned in terms of ending your relationship <clears throat> because you don't want to have any regrets in the future. And relationships, you know, Inherently, we have challenges and we're all going through life transitions in different stages. So you've got to be prepared to that. Both parties have got to want to be in the relationship, make it work, you know, do the work to, 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 to make sure that your relationship is, is where it needs to be. If your relationship's fantastic in terms of 80 to 85%, then you've got a great relationship. It's going to be a really tough couple of years coming up really is. Um, the divorce and separation rate in the US is approaching 67%. Far it's out. nearly 70% of people who are separating. Less people in New Zealand are getting married, more in de facto relationships. My view is that 60% of marriages or de facto relationships are now ending. So, you know, the financial constraints, what we're seeing in New Zealand and Australia right now is people living together purely for financial reasons and a lack of housing. But as we know, that comes with a lot of rules and boundaries and can end up being just absolutely disastrous, for example, when third parties come, and play, come into play. Do you think there is a bit of a stigma? You might be in a relationship and think, you know, we've got a really good marriage, we've never had mm. to have counselling before, mm. then menopause comes along. Do you think some relationships would see it as a failure that, oh, we we don't need counselling, we'll be fine, we've mm. never needed it before. Is mm. there is there mm. still that stigma around counselling, do you think, where people aren't um, putting themselves in that position to get mm. the help? Mm. You know, you need to be vulnerable. You know, you need to be transparent, as I said. Um, and you are not failures if you need to go to um, get some help, some therapy. You know, I call it the relationship warrant of fitness. You know, you should even be going even if you haven't got any issues in your relationship. 
I think it's really important. Um, you have, and I, and I say also too, to whether you're actually already in a relationship or wanting to get committed in a relationship, <clears throat> there's certain 50 questions that you need to ask each other um, before you decide to make that commitment or try and improve anything that may, may be issues in your relationship. And that's an awkward thing to, to do just the two of you, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's easier to have a third party. Exactly, especially with sex, you know, and you're feeling like you've been rejected because you haven't had sex for a few months and how am I going to approach that and, and then start overthinking or maybe there was somebody else or am I am I not attractive anymore because I'm, you know, I'm going through this menopause process and I'm actually just a puddle of, of hormones and, and not, not a great way. For other Coast podcasts with Tony Street, check out Off the Coast or the daily Feel Good Breakfast Catch-Up podcasts. Now back to We Need to Talk. Oh, this has been really insightful. And I know this is the work that you do, even with people that aren't going through menopause. But Mm. I think the fact that you've even acknowledged the fact that there's this connection will help a lot of people. So Bridget, thank you so much. If people want to get in touch with you specifically about this, how do they do that? Um, Equalexis.com. Um, or they can give me a call on my mobile. We've got a main number on our website as well, 021-895-032. Look, I'm at the menopause stage and I've managed to um, keep it a, keep it at bay with some special tricks and tips that I've that I've learned. So what are those before? What are, you what leave? are, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm I'm fifty and um, I I think probably I've I've started going through menopause or peri- perimenopause about a year ago. And for me, it actually is taking time and putting yourself first, making sure that you're not overdoing it. Easier said than done, but actually setting aside a time um, time to actually do what you like, whether it's resting or reading a book or whatever it is. Eating properly is imperative. Exercising, but not over-exercising, because over-exercising can actually increase your cortisol and make you worse than you already are. Limiting the caffeine, limiting the alcohol, and having lots of laughs. Yeah, with your mates, get that cool yeah. group of mates. Absolutely, and and be open and honest with them, and with your partner, as well. And I've got a partner, and I've said to him, "Look, I'm not feeling so great at the moment. I think this is happening. You know, I'm getting periods um, one week after the other, and then not for six weeks. So just letting you know that I'm not feeling a hundred percent." And he's really supportive, you know. And and you just need to be completely upfront about that, and don't feel like it's going to be detrimental to your relationship. In the end. You're a team and you need to go through this transition as a team. Brilliant. That's a lovely place to end. Bridget, thank you so much for joining us today and for starting this discussion, not just for those who are in the the pits of menopause at the moment, for people like me who aren't there yet, but now I know what I need to do. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. We Need to Talk, hosted by Coast FM's Feel Good Breakfast host, Tony Street. If you enjoy the podcast, click to share with family or friends. To get in touch, email we need to talk at coastonline.co.nz. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed my chat with Bridget Jackson, make sure you tune in to hear more from Miriam Akamo and Nikki Bazant too.